Welcome to the Nasty Things Podcast. I'm your host, Extreme Joaquin. This is episode 41, and today we're getting nasty with horror movies. Welcome back, everybody. But before we start this episode, let's talk about our website at 4dmedia.com, where you can find the Ill-Minded Podcast, the Nasty Things Podcast, some of Eternal Love's music, and of course, Nasty Things merch. So I'm talking hats, crewnecks, t-shirts, and of course, if you want to get real nasty with it, our nasty underwear with my face in the front and in the back for whatever occasion you call for. Now, with all that being said, is this is an extreme looking addition to the Nasty Things podcast. Because like I've mentioned in many other occasions is October is actually one of my favorite months because, uh, you know, there's a lot of customs that I like to do around that month. So, you know, Halloween's this exact month. And in Vancouver, BC, and in all parts of Canada, we also do celebrate, celebrate, sorry, celebrate, celebrate um, Thanksgiving. So because of that, you know, it's, it's a pretty big month for us out here in BC. And in general, just a big month for me, Extreme Wokin. Because like I said, man, there's so many things that I like to do during the month. It's also my opportunity to list, to see a lot of because I am quite a big slasher fan. I think I've mentioned it many episodes beforehand. How much I do like the horror genre. And October is just so soothing for that, right? But there's other things that I also like to do during that month. And um, yeah, just to start it all out is some of uh, Extreme Joaquin's October customs, right? You can't have a month of October without having pumpkin spice latte. And yes, I'm sounding like a basic bitch. Shout out to Sister S for saying... She felt like a basic bitch for, for um, you know, have like you know, getting into that spunk, pumpkin spice latte, whole thing, you know, because um, yeah, it's it is, but it isn't a custom, man. I need to have that shit as soon as um, as soon as I have uh, as soon as I have that pumpkin spice latte going down my throat, and not the kind of throat goggling that the professor loves to do, or all the rest of you nasty things, uh crew members nah just fucking with you motherfuckers except for you professor ed you probably do do that i don't know how you do it with that wrinkly old age and all that and being born in the 1400s <laughs> but um anyway like i was saying is uh yes pumpkin spice lattes are just a key factor to me during the month of october it's amazing and of course you know also just a shot big shots to you sister s is i gotta have myself some pumpkin pie to go with it but uh, with all that being said is, um, yeah, so that's one of my favorite drinks to have, right? And of course, it wouldn't be Extreme Joaquin without having himself a pumpkin spice nitro beer. You know, it's a very hit or miss, and I will say that for a lot of the other listeners. So shout out to the listeners all around the world that we do have. Shout out to Brazil, um, Nicaragua, que tenemos gente ahí, mucho gusto, excelente que, que me escuchen, y la gente de México, 
uh, pues estamos bien chingón está todo gracias para ustedes um, but so like anyway getting back to what I was saying but yes shout out to all those listeners out there and of course the nasty things listeners is um yeah the pumpkin spice nitro beer is it may not be feel for every it not may not be for everyone but for extreme Joaquin, fuck yeah i have seven or eight of those because you know extreme Joaquin does like to wet his beak quite a bit specifically you know it's october i mean shout out to the viking that says that it's a good time to get hammered i mean nights come closer so that means well it's five o'clock sooner right <laughs> just like it's five o'clock somewhere is um yeah, so that's one of the drinks that I really do enjoy having during the month of October, right? Because, again, it's uh, it just seems soothing, right? When you have that pumpkin spice latte, the, the pumpkin spice nitro, it's just, it seems like it's that it's that time to do it, right? So, yeah, just uh, those are one of the more soothing th- drinks that I have during the month. Of course, um, yeah, we got you got to have some chocolate candy, so... Extreme Joaquin's favorite chocolate's actually Reese's Pieces, so shout out to Reese's Pieces. Um, that's one of the big things that I like to do during the month, as far as like the drinking side, because again, I haven't really gotten a chance to speak too much of it in these last couple of weeks. Now, with that being said, is one of the other key things that I do like doing during the month of October is also, they have these corn mazes out in, um, I believe it's Chilliwack, Abbotsford, around those areas. Those are always a ton of fun, and you know when you go to those, it's um, it just feels soothing. You have some of the more classic um, like horror monsters, horror franchise characters that kind of pop out all throughout the mazes, and because of that, I do feel that you know it's one of the more essential things. Unfortunately, Extreme Joaquin this year couldn't go because uh, a lot's been going on this year, but I do tend to want to go to those um, those things, right? So, like, I tend to want to go to those corn mazes. Uh, typically, I go with the professor. The professor, you know, struggles in his in his um, walking stick or sometimes his wheelchair. Depends, man. If he's out of t- testosterone, then you bet your ass that motherfucker is um, is is walking in a in a stick. You know, using those fucking little cast sticks or whatnot. You bet your ass he's in one of those. So, you know, but it's always fun to go with him and some other family members that join us um some of the other aka professor fams and all that it's always fun to do that during the month of october specifically yeah like specific it's just corn mazes are a ton of fun man i mean something that i absolutely give an extreme approval as far as um as far as things to do during the month of october and uh, the other thing is i actually would say go pumpkin patching man so a couple episodes before a major shout out to Sister S is um, we kind of mentioned that she had gone pumpkin patching. I had never done it. I officially did it, man. And I got to say, it's a ton of fun, man. Like there's uh, there's a couple of awesome locations out in the Maple Ridge area. To those in Vancouver, BC, you'll understand where Maple Ridge is. To the people in the other parts of the world, it's more of a, it's uh, it's, it's located somewhere out in Vancouver, BC. And um but either way, right? It's it, yeah. So it's like people in BC will understand it. People outside of the world, um, you know, that's why there's Google Maps, motherfuckers. So look it up right there. <laughs> is um, yeah, pumpkin patching is a ton of fun, man. I mean, I hadn't I hadn't ever done it, but you know, I officially got a chance to go with Sister S and you know the Extreme Papa, Extreme Mama, 
all of them and you know we had a ton of fun man i thought when when i when i pictured pumpkin patching is what i always thought it was is you just pick out a pumpkin get the fuck out of there right but no there's actually it's sort of an uh, a semi-event right and i would recommend it for all the kids and stuff out there because it's just a ton of fun and because of it you know there's yeah like there's a, it's a ton of fun there's like pet like you know there's a petting there's a petting zoo there there's um a bunch of events they do these like handcrafted things all throughout so just a ton of fun right and of course you actually do pick a pumpkin right i mean you can't you can't do pumpkin patching without actually going out and picking a pumpkin so of course you do that too but there's more to it than than meets the eye and because of it yeah i would absolutely suggest it so something else that i would suggest to do during the month of october is that right is pumpkin patching corn mazing all of those are essential to me in my opinion because i mean it just doesn't really feel like october without those things and of course you know downing down a pumpkin spice nitro beer to go with it trust me you're in october man but um with all that being said is something i haven't really had a chance to talk too much about is um some so 10 movies that or 10 movies and series for the most part that Extreme Joaquin would suggest during the month of October. So these are ones that I just think, um, like if you haven't seen them, by all means, check it out. And it doesn't really feel like October or the Halloween month without watching these. Because like I said, right, I mean, I think every, I think uh, like the two holidays that always stick out to me are October and December because those are the months it's like December it's Christmas time right so that's when you got to watch some of them uh, cheesy Christmas movies right but in the month of October well guess what it's Michael Myers month Freddy Krueger month Jason Voorhees month man and if you want to include Leatherface in there why not and Ghostface you know it just feels like it's the month of these gentlemen these gentlemen right here these are the ones that shaped my life growing up um brutal serial killers but (laughs) but hey man they're fictional so it's all good man as long as they're fictional all is good in the hood man but um yeah those feel like essential characters to me throughout the month of october man i mean it doesn't feel like the month of october without those guys right there so but with all that being said is we're not just going to talk about them five I'm going to talk about some of the movies that I like to watch and some of the series for the most part, right? Like I might throw in some series in there just because um, there are a couple of series that I do like and, you know, and and because of it, you know, I have to I have to throw some of them in. But um, either way, getting back to what I was getting at, with that being said, let's get to my top 10 list of movies that I think that all the nasty listeners should watch. And those movies... Like I said, and uh, to all the outside viewers listening or others that may say, ah, but you know, it's not the most critically acclaimed. These are movies that I like, right? So if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. But this is my fucking list, all right? So to lead the way is one of the movies I would suggest to watch is American Werewolf in London, man. And one of the reasons that I picked this out is... It's uh it's a movie that I actually been uh, had been wanting to watch for years, right? Cuz I've heard like many good things. Like for one, the effects hold up to this day, man. Like the first time that the werewolf turns into a werewolf is still 
I mean, they actually have programs and classes and colleges where they show like the transformation because the effects hold up. It's 2023. This movie came out like just like it came out so long ago, right? So American Werewolf in London, right here, came back came out back in 1981, man. It's 2023, and people still talk about that transformation of the werewolf throughout the movie. It's just uh it's a good movie all throughout and just the effects all throughout, man. Like uh like uh um I won't specify how it happens, but um one of the colleagues throughout the movie that's following the guy that turns into a werewolf is is a guy who gets killed um um you know, you got to see the movie for yourself. You'll figure it out when you see it is you see his decaying slowly all throughout the movie. And just even the effects on that are great. It's a good movie to watch, and like, yeah, it's it's one of the pri- but just for the effects on their on its own are just absurd, man. Like the transformation of the werewolf, the decaying of the friend that slowly he's turning into a zombie, and and you find out that the werewolf is sort of a, a curse throughout the film. So when you see the decaying of everything, is that on its own? The effects are great. The story is good. Um, everything holds up. It's a movie that you can watch. Literally, it wouldn't surprise me if 10 years from now, people still talk about the effects of it. And the insanity of it is a lot of it was practical effects, man. And like, you know, that's sort of my issue sometimes when you over CGI things, right? Because just as another example, and you know, to those that have not seen this movie, those that have seen it absolutely understand what I'm saying as far as effects go the effects are just absurd is the best way that i can compare it is jurassic park was one of those movies where you you know jurassic park like the first one back in 1991 is the effects hold up to this day for the most part right there's some parts that you're like "Eh, yeah you can kind of see a little bit of the effects but a little bit of the cgi there but steven spielberg at the time did such a good job of like utilizing practical effects and a mix of CGI effects. So when you mix both of them together, you're sort of, you know, you don't get this like CGI lore where it's just fucking, you know, you know, it's all in a fucking green screen, right? Which is some of my com- my complaints about a lot of the more current movies as far as, and you know, trust me, I watch a lot of these current movies, right? Like, but um, but my my thing is that I think that practical effects are still something that are very necessary for um, are just necessary to make the movie look be- a little bit better. Sometimes it's just my personal opinion. If you like CGI completely, then by all means, right. But in my case, yeah, I, I like um, I like a little bit of practical, a little bit of CGI, mixing them both in. But getting back to what I was getting at, is Jurassic Park sort of an example of um, of something along those lines where. You know, they mixed in both and it worked out pretty well. And this movie is, yeah, for the most part, I believe it's purely, it's practical with a bit of CGI. So because of that, fuck, I mean, just, just to see the transformation of the werewolf is amazing. The design of the werewolf is done so well too. And something they do very well in this movie is that something that I think is um, is is one thing that I've liked also which is sort of going a little bit off topic here, but that's one of the reasons why the first Alien to me works so well also, right? Which um, it's sort of in the same vein. I consider that sort of a horror movie is 
the least you see is something, the more scary it is, right? Because with the wolf, is like you see him throughout the movie. You see his design. The design is great. But but like you don't see him a whole lot. But when you see him, it's in moments where you're like, holy shit, you know, it's like it's that holy fuck factor, right? And I think uh when you're gonna watch a movie like that, is you need you need that aspect, right? Like that fear. And that's one thing that I think um, they did very well with uh, with uh, an American werewolf in London is that exact thing, right? It's like you see very little glimpses of them throughout the movie, but when you do see them, it's like, fuck, holy shit. And just uh, the design of the werewolf is probably um, not so much of a hot takes Alvarez take, but I would say um, probably one of the best designs that I've seen as far as a werewolf on screen. And we're talking, we've seen other iterations of werewolf like there was that weird that was that weird Benicio del Toro uh, werewolf movie. wasn't the biggest fan of the design. The design was okay. Um, also, of course, Van Helsing is another movie where you sort of see a werewolf, and it's you sort of see a werewolf, and the design isn't the greatest. Is uh, it, or sorry, it looks like a CGI mess. So that was my issue. Still to this day, one of the best designed werewolf. On top of that, the effects hold up to now. By all. Please, ladies and gentlemen, go get out of your way and watch American Werewolf in London. It's a fun time. It's a little, it's a, it has its comedic moments too, and uh, it did win some Academy Awards. One that doesn't surprise me: the best makeup, <laughs> like the for best makeup. Of course, it is because of the fucking design of the werewolf, and like f- like fuck the effects. Probably like should have should have also won one too, right? So. But anyway, with all that being said, please, ladies and gentlemen, please, all nasty listeners, watch American Werewolf in London for the month of October. But moving on to number two. So this one right here is a movie that I watch it through the, throughout the month of October. It is a classic, but I can actually say this is one of those movies that you can watch actually even in a lot of these, to be honest with you, you can. But this one right here is just a special, incredible movie. One of one of my favorite movies in general. And um, it's a movie that, like, if you haven't even, like, you have to, you got to go out and see this one. Is none other than um, Kubrick's own The Shining. This one right here, to anyone that doesn't know who Stanley Kubrick is, Stanley Kubrick is just no Stanley Kubrick has made some of the best movies of all time, man. And he's one of the most incredible directors to come to light. He does an exceptional an exceptional job with um with just uh like you feel the factor, man. You feel Jack all throughout the movie. You see the transformation of Jack Torrance all throughout the movie who is obviously the incredible actor in Jack Nicholson, who uh, who plays Jack, you got Shelley Duvall as uh, Wendy, and uh, just just a pretty solid cast. Those two are great in it, specifically Jack Nicholson. And I guarantee you, you've probably heard so many references from that movie, like "Here comes Johnny, Jack." Here co- or or like, sorry, I, I completely misquoted it. And uh, Professor Ed's gonna have my head after this, but it's all good. He's Born in the 1400s, so he can't do too much damage to Extreme Joaquin. You best not miss his. Um, well, anyway, getting back to what I was saying is just uh, you know it's referenced a ton. I believe even the Simpsons at some point in time sort of had a di- even did a whole episode based on it. But it's just a it's a well done movie, and uh, you know what I like about it is you know it's this family that comes into a 
uh, you know, a hotel that's isolated in the middle of nowhere, right? And then you just see the transformation of Jack all throughout the movie. Um, a must-see movie. And, uh, and, of, and of course, one of the crazy things about this movie, too, is Kubrick actually, so, you know, he, he, he read the book, of course, right? But he made sort of his own take and a little twist on it. And oddly enough, this is the weird part, is, is that Stephen King, the writer of the book, was not a fan of the changes. But, you know, Stephen King has some weird, um, weird takes in movies in general, right? Is, um, I think he, yeah, I think he made a series of some kind to make it more accurate to the book. It didn't turn out to be so good. Too, so good. Um, I think Kubrick did a better job. And just uh, Kubrick in general is just uh, a, an incredible director that's, He's worked on some other projects that you may have, um, some other projects that you may have even like seen, right? Because, uh, yeah, like Kubrick, like Stanley Kubrick has done some incredible work, and this is one of the reasons why you have to watch this movie, right? Like, uh, you know, like he's he's yeah, you have to see this movie. Is but he's he's worked on quite a bit of things, uh, like uh, Eyes Wide Shut, is one Full Metal Jacket, which. Um, um, Hot Takes Alvarez is recommended for months on end. The Shining, of course, like I had mentioned, A Clockwork Orange, Space Odyssey, another very good, very good movie, and one that I would absolutely suggest. So, by all means, like yeah, and The Shining is just a just a well done movie. The pacing is good, and um, the story is good, and the little uh, thing that happens at the end uh, still gives you shivers at the very end. You're like, oh shit, no fucking way, man! Like. You know, like you get this like weird feeling and there's even like little bits of the movie. I still stand by what I say, Han Solo and Viking, that The Shining does not have jump scares. So fuck that opinion. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing that I feel that the movie doesn't, it doesn't have like your typical, oh, oh fakes you there. Oh shit, this happened, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen too much in the movie. Or sorry, doesn't really, doesn't happen in the movie, Okay. That's what I think. <laughs> so it's a movie I would recommend. It's a movie that I see during the month of October and even at least twice, two other times throughout the year. That's how good it is, man. And, and of course, it's going to be good with, uh, you know, you got Jack Nicholson and, of course, Shirley DeVal's pretty good in the movie. And then, of course, Kubrick with his style. Anybody that hasn't seen Stanley Kubrick's work, he's just an incredible director and he's done a lot of incredible work. So... A movie that you have to definitely check out during the month of October, or hell, fucking if you don't if you don't have a chance to because there's too many great movies to watch this month. Um, I would actually put this at the top of the list of movies that you should see. But if for whatever reason you can't see it this month, watch it next month. The Shining must see movie. On to my other pick of the day. So this one's a little bit different, and I figured we'll have a little bit of fun because at the same time. I mean, a lot of the a lot of you listeners out there, a lot of the nasty listeners. There must be a few out there that are parents or new parents. So, because of that, I wanted to have a little bit of fun with this. And this is a movie that I really do see. Um, uh, it, I watch it every year in the month of October. And this one is none other than Michael Keaton's own Beetlejuice the movie, Tim Burton's own. Sorry, let's uh, let's 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 go a little bit back now. So Tim Burton's movie. Beetlejuice, just a just a great 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 time, good for the family, 
And of course, you have Michael Keaton in the movie, which if anybody knows here, I'm Batman. He is Michael Keaton's my, my boy. So Beetlejuice is a must during the month of October. And of course, forget about even having Michael Keaton in the movie. You have Winona Ryder in it, man. Alec fucking Baldwin is in the movie. <laughs> Just to name a few, man. Like Alec Baldwin. Catherine O'Hara, which if you don't know her by name, she's actually the mom of um of what of Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone 1 and 2. So in other words, she's that really shitty mom that <laughs> fucking abandons her kid every year and we also got to love just just to get off a little bit off topic is is in part two I think one of the funniest parts it oh, it's sort of become a a, a a tradition to leave Kevin behind ha <laughs> ha it's like yeah fuck no fucking parent in the right mind unless they have like clear abandonment issues uh what some call it uh <laughs> would would just leave their kid behind but either way let's getting back to to Beetlejuice is of course you have Catherine O'Hara right the the horrible mother from Home Alone um Winona Ryder like I mentioned earlier Gina Davis is in there too and uh just just a, a who's who and then um, for, and then of course you got Jeffrey Jones which I will say he was good in a lot of stuff that I've seen him unfortunately he's a chomo so fuck Jeffrey Jones fuck that motherfucker because fuck, I don't like chomos so but yeah Jeffrey Jones is in it too Michael Keaton is fucking he he brings the energy he um which, by the way, I've already said Beetlejuice. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a little close there. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he he brings in that energy. And it's incredible. It just shows his acting chops, right? Because I, I would just say that Michael Keaton in general, just he's he's always good at whatever he does, right? But, you know, to those that haven't seen Beetlejuice, you got to see Beetlejuice, man. Specifically in the month of October, it just seems so fitting. 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 I don't know why I said it like this. I said like Mike Tyson. I said like fitting. But what I meant to say is fitting. I was very fitting. I was fitting. It's fitting for me to watch Michael Keaton and Beetlejuice. You know, it's very fitting. You know, that's what it is. Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> is Yeah, it's very fitting. So to watch Michael Keaton and Beetlejuice having that full-on makeup and on top of that, what I still, it's its crazy that Alec Baldwin was even in this, you know, is um, just a very fitting movie. And on top of that is from what I'm hearing is there's actually going to be a Beetlejuice too. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm like semi excited. Um, I don't know what to really feel about it at the same time, because I'm kind of like, like, yeah, you know, like I'm like, it's for me, like these legacy movies, like these follow up movies, as good as they are is i still think that uh yeah i just i don't know how to feel about it i hope it turns out to be good but uh the first beetlejuice absolutely great so fucking by all means watch beetlejuice man and on top of that because i know like i mentioned a little bit earlier is i know some of you some of the nasty listeners um if you guys have kids and stuff um i know they definitely ain't listening to this podcast because <laughs> extreme Joaquin does say some outlandish shit but uh <laughs> What's I'm going to call it? Yeah, well, this is a good movie for the family too, man. Beetlejuice is must-see. And I would recommend it for uh, to watch it with your kids. It's a ton of fun. Um, by the way, Beetlejuice might pop up because I think I've said it like five or six times. So, yay. Oh, shit, there he is. Nah, nah just fucking around. Is, yeah, watch fucking Beetlejuice, guys. Must-see movie specifically for the month of October. Watch Beetlejuice. But on to... 
tell. It seems like Mike Tyson's mannerisms keep coming out every time I talk. For whatever reason, man. It just seems like a Mike Tyson voicing kind of day or some shit. <laughs> anyway, on to numero tres. And that one right there is Scream. And I'm talking about the first one. Is one of the things that I love about Scream is it's sort of like they get rid of the whole like cliche of the typical uh scream film right or sorry typical horror slasher flick oh you don't want to go to that other room because you'll die over here you know like the the cliche right they do such a good job of um of like sort of uh yeah like they they do such a good job of like getting rid of those cliches and it's sort of being its own thing and on top of that like you know you you have uh like the list on its own is you're very surprised when you see the cover of the movie you see drew barrymore in the cover and then of course like at the time neve campbell wasn't known very well courtney cox i uh let's see this came out back in 1996 so i'm gonna say that it might have been right before friends or during friends i'm not sure i gotta i gotta check right here i gotta see one friend oh yeah so 1994 so you had um courtney cox who was famous for being for uh for being in friends in in yeah so she was famous for being yeah she was famous for being in friends right so you had her as monica sorry that's why i was a little i was having a little more to my tyson moment i was struggling a little bit because i was trying to remember her name because i watched friends but i don't watch like everybody else so anyway getting back to it so thank you again mike tyson for taking over is you know you had you had him you had david arquetta who fuck i've always loved david arquetta right like he's as good in anything you know of course you had drew barrymore which uh if you haven't seen the movie you'll see how everything goes for her you had matthew lillard man like who um playing Stu and then of course Skeet Ulrich playing Billy Loomis who in the movie I remember so here's the funny thing when you go back and you watch the movie right I always thought growing up and that's uh and maybe it was uh it was a West it was purposeful for Wes Craven right is I thought it was Johnny Depp for the longest time man up until like I because I watch this movie every year right but um I took a hiatus for this from the Scream franchise for like a little bit right but, you know, I, I brought it back into my, my you know, my viewership specifically for the month of October. Is this one of my key, one of the key movies I like to watch? Specifically the first one, man. The first one's very good. And it's and it does something different that we didn't expect throughout the franchise, right? Is, anyway, either way, getting back to Skeet Ulrich is I thought for the longest time he was Johnny Depp. But he wasn't Johnny Depp. And I sort of think it was um, Wes Craven purposefully sort of made you think it was like got an actor that looks similar to johnny johnny depp i was about to say johnny cage for some odd reason but you know it ain't no mk here not until we got hobbs coming back so um what's i'm gonna call it with that, with that being said is yeah i always thought for the longest time that he was johnny depp but he wasn't it was actually yeah he was um yeah it was just some actor named skeet ulrich but he's in it he does a good job um all the the casting choices were just good. The movie was good, made by Wes Craven. If, and to those that don't know the director directly, he also did the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And the reason that I was saying he might have purposely, getting back to what I was saying a little bit before, he might have purposely picked Skeet Ulrich, is because um, 
or Skeet Ulrich that look like Johnny Depp is because he did the Wes Craven franchise. Anyone that's seen the, oh, sorry, the Wes Craven franchise, another Mike Tyson moment, or maybe a Bapa moment. I don't know either. <laughs> Probably a Bapa moment, not a Mike Tyson moment. Mike Tyson's a little more brighter than Bapa. So, <laughs> getting back to it is. So Johnny Depp was a part of the uh, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street franchise. So he was a key guy in those movies, and which uh, we'll, we'll later on discuss a little bit. But um, getting back to what I wanted to say is, yeah, I think it might have been a purposeful thing because he's like, hey, I had Johnny Depp on uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Why don't I have a guy that's kind of a lookalike? So he did that. But yes, Scream is one of those movies you have to watch, specifically the first one, man. And Actually, in general, I would say the franchise. The franchise, there hasn't really been misses as far as uh, the Scream franchise, right? I mean, outside of uh, maybe Scream, what was it? I'm trying to remember which one it was. Was it Scream two? Uh, Scream two was kind of okay. Um, Scream three, I actually like quite a bit, surprisingly, because uh, it was sort of a meta. A lot of meta stuff happened throughout the movie, so that one was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, but but uh, for the most part, yeah, I would check out Scream 1 and just in general, the Scream franchise, man, because, uh, yeah, just uh, just a must-see franchise. I have a lot of ton, a ton of fun watching them. There is also like all like in the first, uh, sorry, just going back to Scream, I was just remembering something right now, is even in the, in the first uh, Scream movie, there's like little nods to like Freddy Krueger. Like at one point in the movie, you see um, Wes Craven pop up with like Freddy Krueger's famous like you know, uh, sweater with the red and green. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of fun. And it's cool. It's just, just a great movie to see specifically during like, you know, I like to say October slasher month. So, uh, you gotta add, um, you gotta add in uh, scream. You gotta add in Ghostface for the month of October. So scream is one that I would suggest to watch. Um, and heck hell, you know what, man? Like, I would even have honestly done it if you didn't get a chance to do it this year because you're lo- you're listening to the top 10 list like later on near the end of the month is uh, yeah, if you get a chance next year, you can even do a, a marathon with it, right? Watch Scream 1 to the most current ones because the most current one was actually pretty good. I actually have nothing bad to say about as far as the Scream franchise films. I know the television series was trash. So ladies and gentlemen, nasty listeners, don't watch that shit. I know Eternal Love watched it. No digs at you, brother. But that shit, but that, but that series is trash. But uh, with that being said, um, yes, please watch the Scream one if you get watch the first Scream, and if you get the chance to watch the whole franchise, by all means, check it out. It doesn't have to also be October if you think about it. Just watch the first one, and then if you really like it, continue on, man. Why not? Ah, but with that being said, nasty listeners, on to number five. So this one right here is actually another one that I was more. I was introduced to more recently, right? And that is the Evil Dead franchise with my boy Bruce Campbell, which shout out to him, shout out to Sam Raimi, unless it's the OG Spider-Man trilogy that I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, sorry, I'm not sorry, but this is a hot take and I'm talking hot takes Alvarez take here. Fuck the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. It's cheesy. It's lame. Toby was never my Spider-Man. And on top of that, the relationship between um, Mary Jane and Peter, it wasn't there, man. Fuck that. But anyway, getting back to what I wanted to really say, Evil Dead, fuck yes. So the one that I'm specifically talking about is Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is great. It's essentially, one thing that I will say about the movie 
is it is essentially like you know they did evil dead one, evil dead one with a very small a small budget they did evil dead one with a small budget so basically they came in and did evil dead 2 it's still considered a sequel though and basically did the almost the exact same movie but with better effects so because of that you know it's one of the ones that i watch and something that i would also recommend and you know bruce campbell's good in it he brings in that fun energy um you see his progression through the movie you see the the deadites and stuff all throughout it's uh it's a fun time and uh and it's a movie that i that i do watch every year i actually watch not just evil dead 2 is because i'm gonna go back a little bit here you know i did pick evil dead 2 but i'm gonna do a little bit of a switch so what i would do what i mean by switch sorry is it's um i know it's picking one movie but hey I'm extremely keen. I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's my show. So getting back to what I wanted to say is I would actually suggest watching the Evil Dead franchise. So Evil Dead 2 is very good. It's probably one of my more favorites of the trilogy. But um, one thing that I like to do during the month of October, and the reason that I'm mentioning this real quickly, it's going to be very brief because I still do have quite a bit of other movies to talk about, is Evil Dead, the Evil Dead 2 is very good. It's essentially the like a sort of remake but not because it is still considered a sequel to uh the first one is one thing i like to do during the month of october is make it a week an evil dead week right so i'll watch the first movie the second movie the third movie which is honestly it's that one's that one's a ton of fun man is in the third movie you kind of feel like um sam Raimi said hey like i want to make sort of an action adventure movie so so he does, right? Because at the end of part two, you'll see where, where he ends up, right? Because I'm not a spoiler man, so go watch the movie. And I'm not going to spoil nothing until you watch the movie. Then you can DM me and ask extreme extreme looking questions regarding some of the Evil Dead stuff. Is It goes into Army of Darkness, right? Just a fun adventure movie. It's part three of the uh, Evil Dead franchise. Is Anyway, getting back to what I wanted to say is... So I like to watch all three fl- all three films, right? And then uh, what I'll do is it then leads over to Ash versus Evil Dead, which is must-see, man. You just see Bruce Campbell at his, at his finest, man. He's clearly past his prime at this point because it's so many years later. But um, it's, a, it's a fun series. And, uh, you know, Bruce Campbell's charisma is just worth every bit of it. And uh, in these parts and the nasty things uh, universe here, our uh, podcasting universe, is we're all Bruce Campbell fans, man. So yeah, check out Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead 1, and Evil Dead 3. Fuck it. Check out the whole franchise and then and then do yourself a solid and go into Ash versus Evil Dead right after. It just it leads in so perfectly. And they're just a ton of fun to watch. And hey, it's slasher month, baby. Hero month. And you know, Bruce Campbell in his own sense is a hero of the story. So, um, and he happens to slash some fucking deadites, man. So <laughs> with that being said, yeah, please check out Evil Dead. It's must see. And specifically for this month of October, I'd recommend it to you and to everyone around you. Check out Evil Dead. Check out um, Bruce Campbell at his finest. All right. But with that being said, moving on to number six. So this one. This one's more of a surprise one, right? Because based on what you've seen on my list, a lot of these movies are a little bit older. This one is actually more current, 
more to the current gen because I know I have some nasty listeners that are more of the Gen X's, etc. You know, not all of us are millennials, right? So this one right here is is a movie that I actually another movie that I saw recently. That was a but this one was more of a surprise, right? Is I kind of talked about this, I believe, some episodes beforehand. I believe it was. I don't know how many episodes back. It was quite a while back where I got a chance to sort of because uh, 2022, which was is it actually was a good year for horror movies, man. And as a guy that likes to check out slashers, etc., I've always been a fan of that those style of movies growing up. You know, is you know I was I was pleasantly surprised to hear that slashers sort of made its made a comeback and like specifically last year. 2020 to 21 to 22 roughly or sorry 21 to 22 is they've sort of made it's their own little comeback right because for the most part you know uh unfortunately like the only like iconic slasher villain that we've seen recently has only been michael myers but um before i get into that i do want to talk about the movie that i was gonna mentioned but anyway or the you know i went a little bit on a tangent but 2022 2021 what i was really trying to say was a pretty good year for horror movies so to add that in to add a movie around more currently that i really enjoyed and i was just very pleasantly i was just very surprised what with it was barbarian barbarian was done so well and it was one of those movies where you go into it thinking one thing right so, you know, for example, like one of the like one of the actors that you see in the movie right away and then right away you're just kind of you're thinking they're typecasting in, in right away, right? Is you see Bill Skarsgård as Keith. So you're like, "Oh." And when you see the movie, you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, well, I know what's going to happen here." Bill Skarsgård, he randomly moves into a house. There's a new girl coming in which uh is played by Georgina Campbell who plays Tess. So right away, you're kind of like, ah, I know what trope they're doing. Skarsgård's going to be some crazy person. And they kind of make you feel that way. Like in the very beginning, they, you get that like, oh, like, of course, Bill Skarsgård is, is like the main thing. Absolute opposite of that. And that was uh, one of the more, the, the early surprises of the movie. And then, of course, uh, like you see Justin Long appear in the movie and play somebody... <laughs> I don't know about him, so I think I actually, I'm going to go back to something that I said, um, I think it was some episode box, and I'm used to, uh, I'm doing the Mike Tyson thing again, some episodes back, where I said, you know, I'm used to, Justin Long is usually that likable guy, etc., is, it seems like in horror movies, he's the complete opposite, man. Again, in this movie, he plays somebody that, he plays a guy by the he you know he goes by he's AJ in the movie that's his name right but he plays a guy that you know like you don't really like man like you're not cheering for this guy all throughout the movie like he's a guy you don't cheer for of and, and uh yeah like again typically in Justin Long movies dodgeball etc he's a guy you cheer for he's likable he's that likable guy this movie absolute opposite man you don't like him he's a douche and he does a good job playing it a douche and then but anyway going back to like what i was saying is and of course and like just to name some of the cast right is of course you also have um richard brake who is just uh like a creepy looking motherfucker man that guy anytime he just has that face of somebody 
He's creepy as fuck. He's disgusting. He always plays that creep. He's also part of the movie, and you'll see some of the. You'll see what he does. What he does in the movie, and you're like, of course, Richard Brake does this right because if anytime I see this guy in any movie, you're like, of course, this motherfucker. I mean, hey, in Batman Begins, he killed fucking Batman's family just right there on its own, man. I mean, he he's just a guy you don't <laughs> you tend to not like in things, man. And in Barbarian, he plays another sort of creepy character. So that's the only typecasting in the movie, I would say. But for the most part, it's it's a must-see movie. Um, I would recommend it. And it's a, good mo- it's a good watch for the month of October. Some of the twists and turns in the movie, some of the twists in the movie will have you, it'll have you, yeah, it'll, you'll be surprised, man, with some of the twists and some of the unsettling things that happen throughout the movie. But for the most part, it's must-see. I would recommend it. And um, yeah, like if you want to go back and watch movies from 2022, um, or sorry, last year's movies, or if you're if you're sort, sort of kind of like saying, you know, like it just seems like, fl- like horror flicks, slasher flicks aren't like they used to be, this is, a, this is the beginning of one that, this is one of the starts of, of it sort of being how I used to like seeing it. A fun movie. A lot of there's some pretty dope kills throughout the movie. That one and um sort of to break my rule a little bit here, because I did have uh just a quick honorable mention and um a one that now I regret not adding in is also go out of your way to watch X. X and Pearl. Those movies are great. And what I like about it is just to double check here, it might be the same director. I might be wrong. I'll check right now. But um X and Pearl like must watch movies and the good thing about those movies is it sort of feels like the return of like it feels like a friday the 13th slash leatherface style movie like you know with uh, the texas chainsaw massacre style movie is it kind of gets back into form in those so like again right a 2022 movie that with that kind of brings back the slasher genre to its finest man what we all liked what i all what we what i liked right because for the longest time we haven't really seen many solid slasher flicks but this one brought it back to where so ty west so it's a different it's a different uh director writer but ty west was great check out x and pearl also just uh just quickly just a little quick honorable mention specifically to anyone that like you know they're like yeah you know they're kind of these movies are more older even though i would say you're fucking wrong they're great but uh (laughs) yeah check out um x pearl and barbarian must see and it brings back the slasher movies to where we all liked them so big ups to big ups to those directors which um quickly let me just mention the director of uh, barbarian because i talked about ty west i didn't talk about the director of barbarian so the director of that he is hold on zach Kreger. so zach Kreger, excellent job by him and another good another good uh movie another good slasher flicks to have and specifically for the month of october it's slasher month man so check them out but anyway Going back to um, my list, I went a little bit off there, but hey, it is what it is. It's Extreme Walking Show. Sometimes I do that. At number seven, and another semi-rule break, and I'll explain why in a second. The Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So these are, you can't have a list without having the burnt face child murderer, which is Freddy Krueger, which Little dig at you, eternal love, because you said uh, back in the Nasty Massacres, which 
I took a lot of the massacre and you said, oh, he's a pedophile, so you cheer against him? No, he's not a chomo. He's just a fucking child murderer and then a teenage murderer, etc., right? But anyway, this franchise I hold very, de- very deeply into my heart because into my heart, no, 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 no. Anyway, I don't know. I just went a little bit on a song there. Is And no, I'm not all for child murder. Just, just a heads up. But I do like Freddy Krueger, right? Freddy Krueger kicks ass. So getting back to it. So... But anyway, like I was saying, this franchise is very special to me because, um, yeah, like Freddy Krueger, you can't have a month without having Freddy Krueger pop up in there. So I'm going to say check out the reason that I say check out the whole franchise is, you know, a couple, of course, there's a couple of misses all throughout the, the franchise. Um, but in general, um, now, now if we're going to pick my favorite ones, I would probably go Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Um, and uh, I really like three. I don't know them from the top of my head by what's I call it. Like for right at this moment, I don't know them from the top of my head. But those two stick out the most to me. One and three. And then of course, there's also the um, the one where like the a what if what if story, which is very good. Just a great franchise. I would check that out specifically because again, I think it's actually the right month to just see all of them right because and that's typically what i do throughout the month and then it leads to uh this climactic thing that i'll explain in a second right so that it lead it uh sort of leads climactically into something else and um yeah i'll explain with the follow-up that i have on my list but please check out the, the nightmare on elm street franchise it's great and of course, you have um, Robert England, just very charismatic and and a ton of fun. And one thing that he, they do very well is that in the beginning, you're kind of like, yeah, like fuck Freddy, specifically in the first one. But all throughout, you kind of become a fan of Freddy, man. He becomes like the star of his own movie. So Robert England at its finest, check out the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Now, moving on to my next follow-up. So one of the reasons, again... I'm breaking my rule a little bit here that I'm going with this one here is again it is what it is. So it's the Friday the 13th franchise. Franchise. I don't know why I'm doing the Mike Tyson franchise. It's franchise, right? Sorry Mike. Is this specific horror villain on his own like this iconic slasher villain on its own has been is one is my favorite one actually. And I'm going to I'm gonna touch deeply into why he is my favorite. And going back to the Nasty Massacres, fuck you guys, because you saw how it was. He's an unstoppable fucking force. He comes in, he's gutting you down, slashing you in half. He's unstoppable and also has the highest kill count from all the slasher villains. And that is my boy, Jason Voorhees. So the Friday the 13th franchise, one thing that I will say about it, is com- yes, compared to the other slasher slasher movies like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, um, the Halloween franchise that I will talk about a little bit later on, is there's not really one Friday the Thirteenth movie that you're like, oh my god, it's a masterpiece. But I would say that they're all evenly as good. Like I would say one thing that Friday the Thirteenth as a franchise sort of does very well is all of them. You like I like all of them, you know, and that's the thing. There's not one that I can just say, ah, it's fucking shit and it sucks. With Nightmare on Elm Street, there's quite a few that I'm I'm like, ah, that one kind of, that one's shit. 
or with the Halloween franchise, you're like, fuck, that one's terrible. Like, for God's sakes, they, one of the worst ones is uh, Buster Rhymes. The Buster Rhymes one where Buster Rhymes just fucks Michael up, man. <laughs> is Friday the 13th does one solid thing, which is um, they're all they're all good, right? They're not great, but they're all good. And that's one of the reasons why I like this franchise. So one of the reasons why I didn't specifically pick to um like to where like I did sort of with Nightmare on Elm Street and and but um I didn't really specifically and I went franchise for both of them is because something that I would I actually want to give the nasty listeners as a little bit of homework and a little something that you guys should consider doing either this month or the following month and and it's actually a fun little build up is watch all the Friday the 13th watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street which leads which I didn't mention to my pick previously to my climatic climatic end to this, or sorry, not not the end of my list because I do still have two more to go. But but a, a good thing that I would suggest to all the listeners is watch all the Friday the Thirteenth, watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street, and then close it all out, and maybe even do this. I would have said uh, October or do it next month. It's not a big deal. You can you can um you can have Freddy in November. Why not? Or 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 you know Friday uh, Jason in chasing on um november 2 why not but uh what i wanted to get at is you know close it all out with freddy versus jason which the insanity of uh freddy versus jason actually happening the first ever crossover movie it, it happens in 2003 man and you know like the build-up on its own like people probably thought at, at one point in time like this is never gonna happen um, you're never going to have the crossover because there was that moment in, um, Friday the 13th where, um, Freddy Krueger's glove pops up, right? And he grabs his mask. So, you know what I mean? Like, um, you, you know, like Friday the 13th. Yeah. So like his, he grabs the, the Jason mask and you're like, holy shit, it's going to happen. Um, it's going to, this is going to happen. So like insanity. So his his hand just fucking pops up on uh, Jason goes to hell. Which for the most part, I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie because it was just eh, I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie. One of the few ones that I didn't like. Jason X, I actually have surprisingly some fun with. But uh, his 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 hand pops up in uh, Jason goes to hell, and uh, and this was back in 1993. And Freddy versus Jason ends up coming out in 2003. So there's such a long year in between movies. And because of that, you're just like, it's, it's one of those surprising ones that happen. And sort of consider it like in current gen when they built up to the Avengers. That's sort of what it was, man, is nobody ever thought that there would be an actual legitimate crossover. Seeing Freddy Krueger's hand pop up and grab Jason's mask, you're like, oh, shit. This is going down, and then you had to wait from 93 till 2003. So you had to wait like 10 years later to see to see the crossover. But that's what I would do. So watch both franchises, lead it over to Freddy versus Jason, and close out your month that way, man. It's a, it's a fun process. And um, yeah, I would absolutely suggest doing it this way, right? Maybe do a week of Jason, a week of Freddy, and then... Or, you know, like it or sprinkle them both in in between, you know, watch a little bit of Freddy, watch a little bit of Jason and then close it all out with Freddy versus Jason. I think it's a fun little build up. I would suggest it. Extreme Joaquin approved. Do that. But on to my uh, ninth pick 
for movies to watch during the month or sorry things to watch in the month of october is one of them that i would suggest is guillermo del toro's cabinets of curiosity sure i'm breaking my rule a little bit but i did a little bit earlier on right because i told you to check out ash versus evil dead and i also said watch the friday the 13th franchise and the nightmare on elm street franchise so i broke my rule a little bit so the reason that I go with Curiosity of Cabinets is I think it's just a very good job by, again, Guillermo del Toro. One of the things that we've always said that he does an excellent job of is makeup, prosthetics, and all. Like, you know, he's always just very, he's always been very good with all that kind of stuff. So he mixes all that in. And the good thing about it is that you have each episode that you get in the Curio- uh, like Cabinets of Curiosity is you have different themes and uh, di- like it's completely different actors and each one of them is different stories and i think it's a lot of fun to watch specifically like during this month right because you know if you're looking for something to watch or let's say you have a long day of work you're like ah, i don't really want to watch a movie is you can watch guillermo del toro's you know uh, cabinets of curiosity because for one there's an there's a new episode there's a uh, sorry every episode is very different from the other one but it's all around the same sort of idea which is uh, scary themed stuff. So, because of that, you know, like, or sorry, it's horror, right? So it's you know, it's a, it's literally came out last year during October. So I got a chance to enjoy it. Is but there, each episode is different, man. Some of them are a little bit tougher to see. Like there was one with rats, man. Fuck, that was that was rough. And shout out to Han Solo's mother who absolutely cannot even see a rat or any sort of being any sort of rodent that looks rat-like or mouse-like right is shout out to her quickly because i know that she could not watch this but it just makes she just came to mind right now but a quick shout out to to mrs uh sorry mother Han sola <laughs> you know what i mean so that's one that i would suggest specifically because each episode is different and you get a chance to see Guillermo del Toro at his best with with all the the all the effects, all the practical effects. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan of practical effects. I think it's just great on film, and it does itself. And it and yeah, it's just it's great on film, and it's just nice to know, right? Because in these days, a lot of stuff are mostly CGI. A lot of movies that you see now, there's not much legit, um, like building a cast, building a city. You know, that's one thing that very few people do um at least Guillermo del Toro finds his ways to still add in quite a bit of practical effects great makeup etc and Guillermo del Toro in general is just uh I love I love watching his films and if you are a Guillermo del Toro fan and in case you don't know what some of the stuff he's done is he's done um one of the one of the he's done uh the Hellboy series of course Patton's Labyrinth is is another very good one and then, of course, uh, I always get this one wrong. I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, um, I always get this one wrong because by the name is uh, the one in the the C, whatever the fuck it is. But he won an Oscar for that one. I always forget the name of the movie, and it drives me love drives me fucking nuts every time. So, oh yeah, he also he also did some work in like Blade Two though, but like he did the Hellboy uh, franchise, the most recent Pinocchio, and by the way. If uh, you did see the Pinocchio one, unfortunately, the Disney one, that one was no good. I would actually recommend watching Guillermo del Toro's version. I think it's a lot better. Now, but getting back to what I wanted to say. So, yeah, he did The Shape of Water, which won him his first Oscar, I believe. 
is yes so he he does a very good job with um this this series here is like i said you get an ep- a new episode every every day like if you want to go each day you're going to watch a new episode and or sorry a new like horror themed thing he does an excellent job of with uh, the curiosity of cabinets where each one is different different cast different everything so i would recommend that check that out moving on to extreme Joaquin's last pick this is probably the most obvious one because i always have to see this movie and i always watch this movie on halloween night i don't know what it is but to me it's a very special movie i always hold it very dearly to my heart and that movie right there is to anyone that's listened to the previous episodes it's always mentioned in my list i have to add it on to this list is none other than john carpenter's halloween that one is just an instant classic and uh it ain't halloween to me without watching that movie it came out back in 1978 and like i've mentioned in previous episodes is yeah like he he does a very just everything that it took to make the movie man it was low budget there wasn't much blood in it man and uh literally just the fact how you find out they made that iconic mask i know i've mentioned this in many previous episodes is it's literally a william shatner's face where they literally painted it white like a gold like a cold white and then they cut open the eyelids a little bit they cut open the the eyelids and then they painted the hair and then you had this iconic michael myers mask i mean you it's one of the most and what's crazy about it has a cold face and you go back and watch the movie there's not really much gore if any gore whatsoever in the movie but they do such a good job of it i mean he's the boogeyman guys and the boogeyman needs to be released on halloween night so 1979's john carpenter's halloween has to be there you get to see laurie which is 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 great in the franchise too you know what i mean like it's just uh it's oh man it's it's must see that day man with by with jamie lee curtis it was her big her first big movie where you know jamie lee curtis went on to do other big projects after that because of the halloween franchise man true lies being one of the big ones uh, she's also in most recently in everything everywhere at once which is another great movie uh freaky friday and of course they've even continued on like this just tells you how big uh the halloween franchise is specifically the one that started it all the 1978's john carpenter's halloween is is just a special it's it's what makes michael myers iconic sorry i mean they made him iconic they made that mask iconic is you know like the fact that they're still making movies even now just tells you how big of an impact michael myers was for many people which one thing that i will go sort of in the same vein and the same sort of topic is it does sort of suck that you know jason Voorhees he had that one movie back in 2007 2008 i believe which i liked it i don't get why they didn't continue on and then of course he had the travesty of the most recent nightmare on elm street movie which uh, roughly was around 2007 2008 around that time is since then the only iconic slasher that we we have consistently gotten within spans like you know you had the rob zombie version of um of michael myers and then of course the more recent version of michael myers 
which, um, you know, I didn't, um, unfortunately the last two didn't work for me. Um, the first one was very good. I thought they did very well in the first one, the, the first Halloween, I actually thought they nailed it. And I was close to saying, Hey man, I'm excited to see where this franchise leads. Didn't lead where I wanted to the fall. The following two weren't good. It's unfortunate, but at least we've gotten some sort of vein of Michael Myers and his legacy seems to continue on. So, you know, to, to many more Michael Myers movies, but hopefully with a better, with a different director, a different take. Um, yeah, you, you have to have a, without, uh, I mean, every list has to have Halloween on it. That's my favorite going back to the one that I did like, or some of the other ones that I like H2O is very good. And, and a lot of the, oh, and of course, uh, <laughs> the witch, the revenge of the witch, I think it's called. Sorry. Let's see. Let me look that up real quickly. Cause I, for whatever reason, I forgot the name of it right now, but yeah, Halloween three season of the witch. Of course you got to check that one out. <laughs> nah, just fucking around. But, uh, same thing that I will say about, um, that I did say about the two previous. So, or sorry, um, before, um, I talked about Guillermo de Toro's, uh, cabinet of curiosity is I would do the same, check out the franchise, but pick your timeline, man. Pick the Michael Myers timeline is there's too many timelines to choose from. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of timelines in it, but, but I think they're a ton of fun to watch. Um, go out there, check it out. And, um, if you, if you don't have the chance, at least watch the first one, John Carpenter's, uh, Halloween in 1978, that one's must see and it's a good way to end your holiday night with that and yeah that's that's what i would say but with all that being said before i close out this episode there is one last thing that i did want to say a couple of last minute touches that i wanted to say one of them of course being um by all means send us a message in regards to uh in regards to some of the movies that you want to check out i'm always on the instagram page checking out all your messages and all that so please send us and let me know what you think about my list but before we close the episode i did uh want to close out with the scary story of the week the nasty story nasty scary story of the week motherfuckers so this one right here i call it the boy with no eyes one night when i was 10 I was woken up by my bedroom door opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed. And by the way, quickly before I read it, it's also the Reddit username is Kimendo4. All right. Recalls of a childhood brush with a very persistent ghostly apparition. I felt my leg grazed and end the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just my mom, I thought. And I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy. He had black, empty sockets. About my age, sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, and in it was a little box. I was startled, but reached out. He pulled back, reached again, and said, give it. Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I could still see the imprint where he'd sat on my bed. 
Fast forward five years later. Five years later, my girlfriend came over to do homework. After she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at a corner where the wall met the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she'd done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose, staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years. I was with the same girlfriend and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night and she'd talk. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversations continue until we got our own place later that year. Ooh. And that is the story of the week. So, with that being said, is that is our story of the week. But before I let you guys go, and hopefully all you listeners out there aren't shedding yourselves too heavily, Extreme King shed himself a little bit telling this story, is make sure to go to our Instagram page, the Nasty Things Podcast page, mostly run by yours, Han Solo doing an excellent job doing a lot of the a lot of that art that you see on there is Han Solo so just doing an exceptional job and just uh yeah send us some messages I always read the message and, and I always do respond so by all means reach out to me there also check out our reddit page the nasty things podcast reddit page where mostly run by professor ed but he is from the 1400s so sometimes he struggles getting around the house and getting that you know doing some of the work there and of course, make sure to give us five stars on on it, where you're listening to your podcast, be it the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, where while we're on that topic, you can find us on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify Podcasts, Google, and basically anywhere you can find your podcast, you can find us there. So make sure to give us a follow there. Give us five stars if you like what we're doing. And like I mentioned before, ask by all means, send us questions. Because I will answer them. And uh, if and name some of your favorite movies. Some of the 10 movies that you like to watch during the, uh, like, you know, October or Halloween holidays, you know. And, and some of the, your favorite one on Halloween night. Make sure to give us, uh, make sure to ask us all these questions. But with that being said, to Robbie Gents, Eternal Love, Han Solo, Professor Ed, Hot Takes Alvarez, and of course... To all the nasty listeners, stay nasty. You're my extreme, Joaquin.